The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on yet again another Victory Monday for Auburn football. Two in a row. Can you believe it? Two in a row for Auburn football as they go on the road and defeat Vanderbilt over the weekend. I'm your man Jacob Goins with you here during the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Lots to talk about on a Monday afternoon, as we always do uh overreaction monday victory monday whatever you want to call it uh we have so much to discuss on the show today including auburn's win on the road against vanderbilt we'll talk about that uh we'll talk about hugh freeze's comments today in his weekly press conference as the tigers turn the page towards arkansas also uh, we got to talk about everything that happened in the weekend in college football there's some big storylines from the NFL that we got to talk about that relate back to college like it's crazy all right there are so many things to talk about here on the Monday edition of on the line so it's Monday and you know what that means I typically I start giving you my thoughts but we just open the phone lines because it's Monday I want to hear from you how are you feeling on this Monday, November 6th, 2023. I'll tell you this. I know there's a lot of football things to talk about, but do we know what today is? Do we know what started today? What is back officially today? College basketball. You better believe it. College basketball is back. Are there any good games today? No, not really. But college basketball is back. Auburn plays tomorrow. Uh, Bruce Pearl met with the media earlier today. Um, So, I don't care. I'm just excited. If you know me, if you know this show, if you know this program, I am a huge college basketball fan. And so uh, there is one good game today. Georgia, Oregon at 330 um, out in Las Vegas. Could be interesting. I don't know. It's two big name teams. You never know. But I'm excited for college basketball. But we can talk about that tomorrow. Today, we got to talk college football and that includes Auburn's win over Vanderbilt on the road on Saturday give me a call give me your thoughts what do you think about Auburn's win on the road on Saturday two weeks in a row they get a win not just two weeks in a row how about two SEC wins that they get to stack up with Mississippi State and Vanderbilt Auburn wins 31 Two fifteen. Give me a call. Phone lines are wide open today. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. Call in all show long. Give me your thoughts. How are you feeling? Were you impressed with what you saw on Saturday from Auburn as they advanced to five and four on the season, two and four 
overall. Did you like what you saw on Saturday? Were you still not impressed with what you saw on Saturday? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, Auburn's offense continues to score some points, right? Auburn's defense played a heck of a game as well, um, giving up just one solo score. Uh, We'll talk about all of that. Peyton Thorne, pretty solid day. Jarquez Hunter, another great day. He continues to get better. So how are you feeling? I want to hear all of your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about Auburn, about the other games in the SEC, the other games in college football. We got a lot to go over today. Let's jump into it. 334-321-1390. Auburn goes on the road to Vanderbilt and they get another win in the SEC and a road win that was pretty impressive I'm not going to go out and say it was just the greatest performance domination start to finish this was a heck of a win for Hugh Freeze and company no but it was a road win and it's a road win in the SEC now there are many things to break down here was this a true road game in the SEC I don't think so and that is credit to you the Auburn fan if you travel to Nashville or if you live in Nashville, or anywhere around Nashville, and you were there this weekend, you deserve a lot of credit. That stadium, while it doesn't hold very many right now due to all the construction, that was a, what, 60% Auburn crowd? I mean, no less than 50 that Auburn had there in Nashville. And that in itself is really, really impressive. And I think what stands out about that is Hugh Freeze continuing to give praise to the fans and a lot of the players talking about it after the game as well, just how special that was to be able to go on the road in the SEC and it not really feel like a road game. That is so underrated and and just so tough to be able to do sometimes. And Auburn fans made that happen there at First Bank Stadium. So credit to you, the Auburn fan, if you were there. But the game itself started out really good. Right? Auburn's up 14-0 by the end of the first quarter thanks to a couple of big, big plays and big runs by Jarquez Hunter. Right? You're up 14-0. You're feeling good at the end of the half. It's 17-7 thanks to the late field goal. The only reason they scored that touchdown was because Peyton Thorne threw probably his worst pass of the season. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But it's 17-7 at the half, right? Could be better, could be worse if you're Auburn. You score 14, they score 8, 31-15. Nobody does anything in the fourth quarter. And there you go. You were up bigger than that, and then Vanderbilt scored that touchdown with the two-point conversion. Made it a little interesting there near the end. But Auburn holds on, and you get a double-digit win. You cover the spread, and you beat Vanderbilt 31-15. to Now, other than the pick six, and I know that's a big thing to try and take away from a stat line, believe me, but other than the pick six, Peyton Thorne played another good game. He did. He played another good game. 17 of 27, 194 yards with two touchdowns. He had 10 incompletions. One of those was an interception. Seven other ones were drops. Let me say that again. Seven of the 10 incompletions were drops. 
which means it hit them in the hands, and them are the receivers, and they dropped it. That cannot happen, and it's been a storyline we've talked about all season long. Were there a couple of missed throws from Peyton Thorne? Sure. But out of 10 incompletions, having six or seven drops, what do you, I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're Peyton Thorne? Right? So that's not cool. The pick six, I don't know. I want to say it was a better play by the defender than it was a bad play by Peyton Thorne. Did Thorne see that defender when he turned to throw that ball? No, he didn't. He, he had no idea that that guy was sitting there. And I, we, we all saw what he, you know, Thorne holding up his hand, blocking the sign and whatever, and that very well may have been part of the thing and part of the reason. But Hugh Freeze talked today in his weekly presser. He was asked about this, and he said Thorne came over and just admitted. He said, Coach, I just didn't see that guy. I didn't see him. Hugh Freeze said he didn't try to make an excuse, didn't try to, to you know, get upset about it or, or complain or anything. He just flat out admitted and said, look, I didn't see that guy. Okay. I mean, you can live with that, right? And like Hugh Freeze said today, what are you supposed to say to that? Move on to the next play. And that's what Peyton Thorne did. You can't make plays like that. You give teams like Vanderbilt life, a team in Vanderbilt that's the best in the conference tied with Auburn with forcing turnovers. And that proved to be the case on Saturday as both teams forced a turnover. Got an interception. There should have been some more, but whatever. We'll talk about officiating in just a minute. But other than the pick six, Peyton Thorne played a good game. He played a good game, and he was the only one that played quarterback on Saturday. I think we knew that going in, and I think that's going to be the case from here on out. There's no other reason not to. He's gotten you two wins in a row. I know it's lesser competition, but I think we can all agree that the offense is starting to play a little bit better. And the reason I think Peyton Thorne is playing better is because Jarquez Hunter is playing a lot better. He has gotten better over the last three games. This is the Jarquez Hunter we were looking for. This is the Jarquez Hunter that Auburn needed to be successful this season. 19 carries, 183 yards, almost averaging 10 yards per carry with two touchdowns. Now, he did have two long runs, one of them being a 67-yarder. But still, the numbers don't lie. He had 183 yards and two touchdowns. That is the Jarquez Hunter that we all know and love. That is the Jarquez Hunter that we were looking for in 2023. Because the offensive line is, again, doing their job. Are they playing great? No, not by any means. There were some holding calls in this game, too, that shouldn't have happened and took two more touchdowns away from Jarquez Hunter. He could have had an even better stat line. And again, officiating is a different conversation. But overall, between Jarquez Hunter playing his best football right now takes a lot of the pressure off of Peyton Thorne, who, again, take out seven drops, would have been throwing 80% completion percentage, had another touchdown on the board. I don't know what else you want those two guys to do. 
Receivers just got to make plays and catch balls. And a couple of them did. Sure. But here's the crazy thing. Is even after a 31-15 victory, and we'll get to the defense in just a second too. Even after a 31-15 victory on the road in the SEC to get you within one game of bowl eligibility, it can be better. It can be better. Isn't that crazy? Is that it can still be better than what it is right now. Will it get better? I hope so. I hope so. You have chances to get it better and make it better with Arkansas this week and then New Mexico State next week in Alabama. We'll talk about them later on in the program. They're continuing to play better and credit to them, but the offense can still get better if you're Auburn this season. Now, Vanderbilt offensively was not anything special. We knew that we were going to see if if Auburn was going to see a couple of quarterbacks. A.J. Swan didn't play. That was the expectation. Nothing special offensively from Vanderbilt. They threw it around a little bit. 500 completion percentage. They couldn't really run the ball a whole lot. They ran for 100 yards and just not a whole lot doing for Vanderbilt offensively. One of their two scores, again, was a pick six from Peyton Thorne. So Auburn's defense showed up and played lights out yet again, as they have all season long, except maybe the LSU game. DJ James, they had his best game of the season. Seven tackles, had a tackle for loss, had a couple pass deflections as well. The linebackers playing really well. Jalen McLeod, Eugene Asante, those guys are playing really, really well. And then the guys in the back. Keontae Scott, again, DJ James, Jalen Simpson. The defense is doing their job and playing the best football of the season, which is crazy, but they're playing really well. And so when you look down the stretch with Arkansas, New Mexico State, and then the Iron Bowl, as long as the defense keeps doing what they're doing and building confidence and forcing a turnover every game that they play in, Auburn's got a great chance to win some games. We have a whole lot more to talk about when it comes to Auburn and Vanderbilt, plus other games around the SEC and in college football. Let's take an early break here in hour number one. When we come back, we're going to get to Jones on the phone lines. Would love to hear from you as well here on a Monday afternoon. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Well, let's get to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390. Jones, you got some reactions on a Monday, man. What's up? Well, you know, I'm, I've am i been giving you a lot of sage advice and wisdom yeah. uh, vicariously, and, and a lot of it's come true. I don't know that he listens to the show, but he did away with the uh, – Experimented quarterback that was failing miserably, not to hurt anyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, he also took charge of the offense, which I suggested. I don't think he listens to me, but maybe you know there's a vibe. I think I but think he I think things. he plays the show at practice, if I'm not mistaken, Jones. I think they don't hey, play music. I think they play ESPN 106.7. Well, like my wife says, I got a face made for radio. So <laughs> let's just, don't, don't call me out to speak. Look here, back in 1960, Thanksgiving dinner, my grandmother who was born in 1896. Handed, she called me over and handed me a ladle of hot gravy. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget what she said to me when I grabbed it. 
was only about a three-foot walk from her, giving it to me to the table. She said, Jones, hold this with your eyes. I never forgot that. And about many, many, many years later, when Auburn's players used to get off the bus at Sewell Hall, there was a player who was having catching problems named Tim Carter. Mm-hmm. And I shook his hand, and I was, I, don't know, I guess I was in my 40s, and I said, Tim, catch the ball with your eyes. And he never dropped another pass at Auburn. In fact, he went on to an NFL career, if I'm not mistaken. He did. The problem with Auburn's receivers is you can talk all you want about catch the ball, all this. They're not catching the ball with their eyes, period. And when you really think about that fundamental concept, it works. Anything you do that you cannot, you don't drop a baby, do you? Because you're always grabbing that baby and looking at that baby yeah. intently with your hands. Bottom line is that's kind of a, a very strange a way to tell Auburn's players to catch better, but I'll guarantee you, uh, when I was in high school, our coach used to say, make your eyes as big as saucers when you're catching a football. If that's... you do that, then you'll, you're not likely to look away. That's my biggest gripe because I'm very proud of what this team has done and how they're you know, showing all of us fans that they have gotten better. So there's no negatives. It's just that one point I wanted to make and the rest of it, I want to listen to you, young man, because you do a great job and I enjoy listening to you. Well, I appreciate that, Jones. I appreciate you holding on through the break and giving us a call here on a Monday. Thanks so much, man. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I think he brings up an interesting point. It's been a season-long struggle. We we had this concern for Auburn going into the season, right? We were talking about this months and months before the season started back in June and July, right, in the preseason and going into fall camp and fall practice and all that. We knew that the receiver position was the biggest concern for Auburn football. We knew it. The problem is, now that we are nine games into the season, the problem is still there. That's the issue, right? That's, I think, what a lot of fans are concerned with, right? There hasn't been the one guy to step up and be the alpha in the room, right? You're still having six, seven, eight drops per game to tank Peyton Thorne's completion percentage, and that's not the important part. It's to keep drives alive and put points on the board. The problem still remains. And I think what Jones is saying, I agree with, is just he's basically saying, look, Instead of going up and just trying your hardest and thinking about it too much and trying to do everything you can to catch the ball and and impress everybody and make the big play, just go out and play. Go play. And it's interesting because Hugh Freeze talked about this after the Mississippi State game. He said, we simplified it for the receivers and for the quarterback. He said, we simplified it and we were playing loose and having fun. He said that was the message to the receivers in the Mississippi State game. And that was arguably their best game. Still wasn't great. It was probably their best game in Power 5. But you've got to think that the pressure is on the receivers. Because look, let's be honest. They hear the noise. The players hear when people like me sit on radio and talk about it, right? They know when writers in the area write about it and talk about it. And I guarantee you, I promise you, I know it. The players hear and see when the fans react to poor play. And so, for this receiver room, 
the pressure is immense because we're all just waiting very impatiently at this point for them to step up and be elite. Are they going to get to that point? Let's just be honest, probably not. But just improving and getting better, I think, is what a lot of Auburn fans want to see from this receiver room. And again, to Jones's point, catch the ball with your eyes. You're playing D1 college football at the receiver position. You had to have been able to catch the ball at some point, right? Simplify it for yourself. Go up, catch the ball, then make the play. You can't run before you get the ball, right? Go and make the play. Simplify the game for yourself. And let's see if this receiver room can start taking a little progress and making some progress, taking some steps, right? Help out your quarterback. Because this team could be even better than what they are. Overall from this game on, on Saturday for Auburn against Vanderbilt, it could have been a lot worse in terms of, it could have been, well, let me rephrase that. It could have been better. The score could have been worse for Vanderbilt, if that makes any sense. I didn't word that very well. Auburn could have won this game 42-7. to I mean, it could have gotten to that point, and that would have looked a lot better than 31-15 to because the average college football fan who did not watch this game on Saturday because there were other games going on, which is understandable, right? Most of the country was probably watching Missouri-Georgia rather than watching Auburn-Vanderbilt at 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. Let's just be honest, right? But not us. We were watching. We were listening. But the average college football fan scrolling through their phone late Saturday night, they see Auburn play Vanderbilt. They're like, wow, 31-15, that was a close game. Good for Vanderbilt. Auburn really let Vanderbilt hang around? No. The score, I don't think, really shows what happened in this game. And I have fans and I have friends that are just diehard on the fact of, well, the score is what happened. The score shows what the game and how the game played out. I mean, sure, realistically. But is that... Is that how it actually went? No. You can't tell me that this was legitimately through and through a two-score game. I just I don't believe it by watching it. And again, I think Auburn could have won this game by 30 points. If you don't have a couple of holding calls, if you get some of those turnovers on punts and kicks that you were supposed to get that the officials, I think, just missed. And you know me, I don't come on this show very often and, and complain about officiating. But there were some plays that Auburn was on the wrong end of when it came to officiating, right? Auburn very easily could have won this game by a lot more. And you can't tell me that 42-7 to doesn't look a whole lot better than 31-15. to So for those of us that watch the game and listen to the game and break down the game and watch it about three more times before a Monday afternoon, we know this was not a two-score game in real time. And I think there are a lot of good things that Auburn can build from this. I really, really do. I really, really do. I think Peyton Thorne, again, to go back to him, he's a lot more comfortable. The offense is still being simplified for him enough to where he's not, they're not asking him to do anything crazy because you don't have to have him do anything crazy. And I cannot express enough how having Jarquez Hunter do what he's doing 
how much pressure that takes off of Peyton Thorne in this offense. And when Jarquez Hunter's doing that, this offense can be really, really good. Plus, you have Peyton, who's still running. He had 40 rushing yards on Saturday. So for everybody that said Peyton Thorne can't run, I think he's proved us wrong on that, right? You're still. I still want to see Brian Batee and Jeremiah Cobb get more action. Jeremiah Cobb touched the ball twice on Saturday. Twice. Now, he did have a touchdown, but he only touched it twice. He's too good not to have the ball in his hands. Same thing with Brian Batee, in my opinion. And I know Demari is still not 100%, but he touched it twice for eight yards. But again, when Jarquez Hunter's doing his thing, I'm not going to take the ball out of his hands. You better believe it. I'm not taking the ball out of his hands. But I'm curious, before we get to break, and we got a couple people on the phone lines, are you surprised? I mentioned this a little bit ago. Are you surprised that Robbie Ashford didn't throw a pass on Saturday? Are you surprised that Robbie Ashford didn't touch the field on Saturday? I'm not. I'm not at all. Based off of what we've seen on the field and maybe some things off of it, I'm not shocked at all. And why would you? Why would you replace Peyton Thorne at this point? He's had his two best games in a row. Has a chance to do it again this weekend against Arkansas. A tune-up game with New Mexico State. And in the Iron Bowl, you never know. 334-321-1390. We got a couple people on the phone lines we're going to get to when we come back. We'll talk more Auburn-Vanderbilt plus some of the biggest results in college football this weekend. Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. We got a couple of phone calls waiting, so let's go ahead and get right to it. 334-321-1390. Inspector, you're up first, man. What's up? Well, I guess you expect me to talk about Robbie Ashford, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. I figured you'd have something to say. Well, it's so late in the season, and there's no use anymore. Um, reason being is, I'll tell you, neither you nor the coach had talked about it, how well the offensive line has played the last two games. I've talked about it. Well, I mean, you haven't talked about it today. Okay, well. Maybe not. Okay. They're playing. They're playing good ball. The offensive line's playing good. Right. Are they playing great? Okay. No, but they're playing good. They're playing good well, enough. They're, play, they're playing good enough. Yep. To make holes to make holes wide enough for Mack Truck to go through. Mm-hmm. They're playing. They're playing good enough to give Peyton enough time to throw the ball. They're playing good enough for the receivers to let the ball hit their hands and drop it. Mm-hmm. So that's something I haven't heard about the offensive line getting the credit that, that's due. And I think the move with Lou going to center was a key. And um, with that being said, uh, you know, uh, Ashford and Holden are four-star quarterbacks. I mean, they have got – Ashford came from Hoover. Holden came from a a school in Georgia that 
I mean, he had an outstanding record. You know, mm-hmm. he's got he's got a record to back it up with. But you know, I'm I was just I was just hoping sometime that these two quarterbacks would get a shake with this offensive line that's developed since the Mississippi, Mississippi State game. And you know, I guess that would be in the New Mexico State game. Maybe they'll get a look or two. Yeah, but. You know, I was under the impression this is a rebuilding season. Wins and losses will come and go as as they will, but we were we were optimistic that we would you know have a somewhat of a winning season maybe. But um, at the same time, you're developing players for the next year, mm-hmm. not concentrating on a bowl game. Yeah, and, but I think uh, the goal at the end of the day is still to win football games and. I think Peyton Thorne, at this point, with the offensive line playing better and him having better time to throw, and, and receivers, I think, are getting open. They're still not catching the ball like we'd like them to. But I think at this point, and my my answer has changed multiple times in this season. I will admit that. Yeah. But right now, Peyton Thorne's playing well. And after these last yeah. two games, I don't see how you could – why would you change that? No, I agree. I mean, as long as the offensive line is doing their job, I wouldn't change it either. Yeah. And if Robbie was the starting quarterback and the offensive line was playing well, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't change him out either. But that was the point. I, I'd like to see what Holden and, and Ashford could do with an offensive line that can give them time to throw and 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 develop their play. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. I get it. And look, Hugh Freeze yeah. even talked about Holden today, right? He said Holden had probably his best week of practice a week ago and talked about how he's going to be a really, really special player because. Look, I've said this too, just watching him in the limited windows that we get as the media, Holden throws it better than any of them. I mean, he has the best ball in the room. But he ain't going to touch the field, though. No, not this year, but he's not needed. <laughs> I mean, he's young. He's a freshman. There's no reason. There's a, there's a reason he hasn't played yet. I mean, there's. I mean, he's a young guy. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, uh, Stan White was a freshman. He, was, he played four years, four straight years. I mean, Bo Nix was a freshman. Yeah, that's right. It's been done. Yeah, it's been uh, done. But uh, Holden, yeah, you're right about Holden. Absolutely. Uh, I hate to see Holden transfer. I mean, it, it would be devastating to see him transfer. Yeah, but, but I, I don't see that happening. But I mean, it very well could, and especially in today's age of college football. But uh, I think, as far as I know, I think Holden hangs around. Yeah, I, I hope so, because if we go into next year with just Peyton Thorne, and those are, I forget who the other. Yeah, Walker White are. coming in from from Little Rock. Yeah, I have no idea if he's going to play. He's going to be maybe he's going to be another Holden and, and Ashford just sitting on the bench watching somebody else from the portal play. Could be, but again, you go back to development where okay, since Holden hasn't played this year, he's had the whole year of no real pressure, right, to develop, get better. And if he's th- if, he ha- if he just had his best week of practice, we're in the first week of November, that tells me he is getting better. And then maybe yeah. by the start of next season, he's legitimately competing for the starting job. Yeah, you're right. That's why we, that's why we hired the freeze. There you go. These quarterbacks. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Yep, appreciate the call, Spectre. Good to hear from you. 334 334- 321-1390. We'd love to get your thoughts as well. Here on a Monday afternoon, Auburn defeats Vanderbilt 31-15. to um, I, Look, I get, I get where Spectre's coming from. If this had been, what, a month ago, right? A month ago, and the offensive line had started playing like this, and if the receivers had 
stepped up in the way that they have, not massively, but I think we can agree they're at least playing better than they were. Sure, I think we all would have at least liked to have seen what Robbie could do in an offset situation. But like I told Spectre, it's still about winning games. I understand this is a rebuilding year in year one, and this is... Hugh Freeze said today that he doesn't set goals at the beginning of the year, which, take that for what you will. I think it's kind of interesting, but especially in year one, like you can't you can't set high realistic goals in year one when you take over a program with eighty five percent of the players that aren't yours. Like you you can't guess and estimate or guesstimate, if you will, what the season's going to be. That it's just too unpredictable. But even if you are trying to make it to a bowl game in year one because of all the things that come with that and all the advantages that come with that, and even if you are trying to develop the players on this team and develop the players around you and prove to recruits that we can make you better if you come here, the ultimate goal every single Saturday is to win the football game, no matter who you're playing. I don't care if it's UMass. I don't care if it's Alabama. I don't care if it's Opelika High School. The goal is to still win the football games. And yes, it has taken a little bit for this team to get to where they are competing in games and now finally winning some games. But they're finally there. And between the offensive line, who, I'm sorry I didn't say it today. I have been saying it, I think. They've been playing better. And have they been great? No, but they've also gone through some adversity with injuries all across the offensive line, including the most important one, the center position, where we still don't have a full update on Avery Jones. But Connor Liu has done his job, has absolutely done his job. And I think you could say that about the whole offensive line. They've played good enough. There have been very, very few instances this season where we sit here on an overreaction Monday and we say, man, offensive line, they're terrible. Offensive line was horrible. They are the reason that Auburn lost the football game. How many times have we said that this year? Little to none. And compared to what Auburn has gone through in the years past, right, the years leading up to this, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. It's refreshing. It's kind of crazy. But the offensive line is playing good enough. They're playing solid ball. They really are. And like Spectre was saying, they're opening holes for a guy like Jarquez Hunter that's really hitting his stride. They're giving Peyton Thorne enough time to make the throws and giving the receivers enough time to at least get open somewhat. And I understand that there are still people that would say, man, I wish this was Robbie to see what he could have done, or even with Holden, see what he could do. And I'm with you. I get it. But this is working. The formula you have right now is working. And if it's working and you're winning, I don't want to change that up. And again, I know that the level of competition is less. I get that. But you can't take away the fact that Auburn is winning convincingly in the SEC two games in a row. And at the end of the day, You want to win football games. Auburn did that on Saturday against Vanderbilt, 31-15. to Give me your thoughts. Give me your comments. How do you feel 
coming out of this weekend for Auburn football. They're above 500. They're one win away from becoming bowl eligible, something that Hugh Freeze talked about today in his weekly press conference where we can feel pretty good. I don't want to I don't want to have overconfidence and disaster strike on this program the last three weeks. But there's a pretty good chance that Auburn's going to be in a bowl game in year one. And it's because of wins like Vanderbilt, like Mississippi State, all the way back to a game like Cal. Those are the important ones. Remember these games that I've talked about that Auburn, you have to win the games you're supposed to win? Auburn's done that. And here we are again on a Monday talking about how this season has gone chalk so far. Everything that was supposed to happen has happened. You've won the games you were supposed to, and you lost the ones you were supposed to. We've talked an abundance about the four that you could have won, all the ones you lost. You had chances, legitimate chances, in three out of the four. But it speaks volumes about a team. I don't care what level. Pee Wee up to the NFL. It speaks volumes about a team that can go on the road and beat a team that they're supposed to beat and do it in the way they're supposed to do it. Auburn covered a double-digit spread on the road in the SEC. Somebody find me that stat, because I don't have it. I probably should, but I don't. Somebody find the stat and give me a call. When's the last time that Auburn covered a double-digit spread on the road in the SEC? I bet it's a long time. I'm not saying one by double digits on the road. I'm saying covered a double digit spread on the road in the SEC. Because I thought it was kind of crazy that Auburn was favored by double digits to begin with. Because up to this point, up to Saturday, what had Auburn showed you on the road? You almost got beat by Cal. You did get beat by AM, and you got smashed by LSU. And again, Vanderbilt's not a tough road game. But you went and won. Not only did you win, you won by double digits. And not only did you win by double digits, it should have been more. The score does not indicate how this game was played. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And so Auburn deserves credit here. They do. Hugh Freeze deserves credit. Phil Montgomery, Rod Roberts deserve credit. Everybody on this football team deserves it. And Auburn is doing what they're supposed to do. The defense continues to show up and show out every single game. Forced another turnover on Saturday. A bad Vanderbilt offense with two and three different quarterbacks that they were trying to play and rotate and Auburn had to prepare for, they were ready for. Vanderbilt ran for 100 yards on the ground total. This Auburn defense, a lot of times this year, They've bent but not broke. They're not even bending right now. The defense from the guys up front to the guys in the middle to all the way back, they are playing elite football. And yet, Auburn could still be better. Isn't that crazy? Auburn could still be better. In year one, where you're on the verge of making a bowl game, you could do it this Saturday with a win over Arkansas. In year one, I don't know what else you could ask for. 
334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines here in just a second. We'll probably go ahead and take our final break here in hour number one. We'll let Michaela get somebody on hold. We'll take our final break and come back and wrap up hour number one. Just a little preview of what's coming up. I do want to talk some of the other results uh, from around the SEC and around college football. Um, I think you uh, there are some big games that you have to... Uh, you have to talk about when it comes to the SEC and it comes to college football. So, have somebody call in. What? Oh, 2021 versus Arkansas. Okay. Okay. What was, did they give us a spread on that? Just the game? Okay. Interesting. I didn't think it would be that soon. Interesting. All right. Well, appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up hour number one on the other side. the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. So disregard our 2021. We got fed bad information on this show. That's unbelievable. We got fed, fed bad information on our stat. 2021 was not right. I don't know the answer. And if you missed it, Auburn went on the road to Vanderbilt this weekend. They were 12.5-point favorites, and they covered the spread on the road in the SEC. Somebody tell me, because I'm working. I need somebody else to do it for me. Somebody tell me the last time that Auburn football went on the road in the SEC as a double-digit favorite and covered the spread. If you find it, let me know, because I'm curious. 334 321-1390. Uh, got a couple of minutes before we take our last break here and wrap up hour number one. Hey, coming up in hour number two, it's Monday. So Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us, as he always does on the phone lines. We'll recap everything going on in what was a great weekend for Auburn University Athletics with basketball starting up, women's tonight, men's tomorrow, volleyball with another big win over the weekend, a big road comeback at Texas A&M. Uh, we'll talk about that. We've got a ton to talk about with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Okay, we got a couple minutes. Not enough time for me to get into all the college football stuff yet. Did you see the story of the weekend in sports? Did you see it yesterday? Did you see it with the Minnesota Vikings and what happened in the NFL? It's the story of the year, I think. It's close anyway. One of the best stories I've seen so far in the world of sports happened yesterday on the road in Atlanta between the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. The Minnesota Vikings have gone through a couple of quarterbacks this year due to injury. The main one being their starter, Kirk Cousins. They've gone through a couple, and they picked up a quarterback in the week in the midweek last week on a Tuesday. You'll remember this name. He played in the SEC. He was pretty talented, had an up-and-down couple years, had some big wins, not so great losses. The Minnesota Vikings picked up Josh Dobbs, the former Tennessee Volunteer quarterback. And the Vikings went on the road to take on the Atlanta Falcons where the Vikings were looking for a win pretty desperately. They started one and I think they started one and four and now they've put four games in a row together. But they were looking to 
keep the momentum alive playing an Atlanta team that I think should be better than they are. They're just not. But you look at what happened in this game, and Josh Dobbs did not start in this game, okay? He was picked up on a Tuesday, flew in, and traveled with the team to Atlanta as a backup quarterback, as the third string with the starter out in the backup playing. Josh Dobbs did not take a single snap in practice for the Minnesota Vikings. Not one. Didn't step on the practice field. Didn't take a snap. He hardly even knew the guy's names on his team. Backup quarterback gets hurt for Minnesota. Who do they call? They call Josh Dobbs. This guy comes in the football game, an NFL professional football game on a Sunday afternoon, and he comes in and goes 20 of 30 for 158 yards and two touchdowns. And he brings the Vikings back and wins the game on the road in Atlanta. Do you understand what this man just did? He also had seven carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. So three total touchdowns for Josh Dobbs. I don't care what your opinion of him is in college or his very, very up and down NFL career. But playing against the best players in the world when it comes to football, at the highest possible level, Josh Dobbs came into a game. He has never taken a snap with his center. He has never thrown a football to any of his receivers. He's never even turned around and handed the ball off to his running back. And he came in and went 20 of 30 for two touchdowns and had another rushing score. There was a video of him practicing taking snaps with his center on the sidelines and having to talk to his offensive line and tell them his snap counts and tell him his language and his wordage. And he came in and won the game. That is unbelievable. That is one of the hardest things and one of the biggest accomplishments I have ever seen somebody do in the world of sports. It sounds easy, but I promise you it's not. Unbelievable. Shout out Josh Dobbs. I don't like the Vikings by any means, but shout out Josh Dobbs for a heck of an effort on Sunday. Vikings win 31-28. When we come back, hour number two coming up, we'll talk more Auburn Vanderbilt plus college football results and Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. That's all coming up in hour number two. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a victory Monday around here. Two in a row where the vibes are high here in Auburn, Alabama. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of our number one, you know where to find it at this point, don't you? ESPNAU.com is where you can find the podcast posted commercial free after every single show. And you can also find it wherever you get your podcast. Just search on the line on your favorite platform. We had lots of great conversation in hour number one, as we typically do on a Monday afternoon. Lots of great calls. We're reacting and uh, just talking about Auburn taking down Vanderbilt 31-15 to on the road this weekend. And uh, again, lots of great callers, lots of good conversation, talking about the offense, talking about the defense, and, and just kind of talking about where this team is right now with back-to-back wins and back-to-back wins in the SEC and becoming just one game away from bowl eligibility. So here's what's coming up in hour number two. We're about to get to the phone lines because Terry called in, has some things to say. We'll talk with him. We'll talk some more Auburn Vanderbilt. I'd love to talk some college football as well uh, with some big results from over the weekend. And then Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us at 3.30. But until then, give me a call. What's on your mind? Your thoughts from the weekend, 334-321-1390. And that's where we start. Hour number two is on the phone lines. Terry. Terry, happy Monday, man. What's up? Happy Monday, Jacob. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Great. Fantastic. Jacob, I had some friends at the game. They made the trip up to Nashville uh, Saturday. Yeah. And they said you could read Peyton Thorne's looks when he came to the sideline after he threw that interception for the pick six. I did never saw him. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what Free said today. He said he asked Peyton Thorne what happened, and Thorne admitted it. And he said, yeah, I just I never saw him, Coach. And and I think it was very evident um, in the middle in the play and after it happened. I mean, you could just kind of read it on his face. He, he didn't, Terry. He never saw the guy. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me pose a question to you. Okay. If Auburn can beat Arkansas, and everybody feels like they're going to beat whoever that is, the New Mexico State, is it? Yeah, yeah, New Mexico State afterwards. Is Alabama walking into a hornet's nest on a team on a four-game winning streak at home? I mean, it would definitely be tough, but here's the problem. I know we haven't talked anything really outside of Auburn today. Alabama continues to get better, Terry. They continue to get better, and while, yes, they would be walking into a hornet's nest of Jordan-Hare Stadium with 80, however many now, 1,000. Uh, they keep moving the number on me, but uh, tons of fans. It'll be sold out, big weekend, Auburn on a four-game winning streak if they get to that point uh, with a chance to be, uh, what, a nine-win team at that point? I mean, or a uh, an eight-win team at that point? Yeah, yeah, that would be a huge, huge atmosphere, and it would be tough for Nick Saban and Alabama to get that win, I think. And I, got, I don't know the NFL draft. I don't know how that works. I don't follow it that closely. But I do know this. Uh, any team drafted number one takes Caleb Williams over that kid at LSU, they're nuts. I think he's way better. Oh, Jay, you think Jaden Daniels? Yeah, I'm with you. Way I'm, better. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. He, uh, man, he. Every time I watch Jaden Daniels, I, I, every time I look at him, just his physical stature, he's just, he's just scrawny, man. He's just skin and bones. But then he gets out there and he's just lighting it up. And he didn't have a perfect game. And I know he got hurt. And I hope he's okay because that's a massive blow for that LSU team. But he is really something special, Terry. There's no doubt about it. Jaden Daniels yeah, down at LSU. Yeah, run. Best combination of running throwing I've ever seen. He, he, he's up there. I mean, he's one of the and, – and it's crazy because, what, the last five or six years is where that has really become the staple of a college quarterback, and he fits he fits in the narrative perfectly. 
And I know all the Alabama fans are full of piss and vinegar today because Jalen Mills put up huge numbers. But tell me a quarterback outside of Payton who didn't put up huge numbers against LSU. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not very many. So, I mean, the the, the room is crowded. The it room is. is crowded. So yeah, it is. I, I mean, I just like I said, I, I think Jalen there's might have lost the Heisman by being out the, the unfortunate injury. I don't know. I feel like the guy Washington is going to win it, quite honestly. Michael Penix, But it's yeah. going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, with Jaden Daniels, even if he didn't get hurt, and again, I, I hope the best in his recovery and, and everything there, but at some point, and I know it's not fair because the LSU defense is it, it, it's crazy to me how bad they are, but Terrible. you do have to take wins into consideration. And I know we saw Johnny Menzel win a Heisman way back when with an eight or nine win A&M team, which I still don't agree with, but... You have to take wins into consideration, but not fully to the extent because Jane Daniels can't give he can't help the fact that his defense gives up fifty points a game. So right, that's uh, a lot of pressure on the offense. Yeah, it is. I mean, he and he's look, he's doing his his hardest to to keep LSU in football games. But yeah, I don't think he'll win it at this point. I really wish he'd be there in New York, but I think there's a guy out in uh, Eugene, Oregon, that has something to say about that, Terry. I like the guy in Washington, quite honestly, because he beat him. That's but I. So. Bo Nix going to get his chance. Those two teams are going to meet again in the Pac-12 championship. Game oh yeah, he'll, might, he'll get his chance, and that, that that's what's going to be interesting about the college football playoffs. If you got, you know, if you got two one-loss teams out of the Pac-12, what a way to go out, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, has, has this been talked about about the quarterbacks at Auburn and Jacob? If it is, I'm sorry, but chemistry. You stick with one guy and you develop more chemistry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely and, been mentioned, and, and somebody brought that up earlier was, you know, it sounded like Hugh Freeze maybe, whether he heard the noise of, of guys like me or guys like you that call into guys like me, or or maybe they just realized that it was the better way to go. You saw Peyton Thorne was the only quarterback that saw snaps on Saturday, and that's two games in a row, and here we are, right? I think you can see the confidence building between the offensive line and Jarquez Hunter, who is reaching his peak right now, and Peyton Thorne take away the pick six. He had seven drops out of his ten incompletions. He looks really good right now compared to what he was a month ago. Yeah, absolutely. Totally different. Jacob, I appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Yes, you too, Terry. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. And Shane, you're on the line. What's up? Hey, Shane, I think I got you now. You got me now? Yep, yep, there you are. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, uh, I bet Terry feels really bad for running Bo Nix off uh, when he did because, uh, yeah. I mean, look at him now. Just look at him now. <laughs> he he's he playing hated it. Bo Nick, man. He hated Bo Nick. For some some reason, it, and, and you can clearly see now that it wasn't him. It wasn't the quarterback. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. there were there were a lot of Auburn fans that were not. By the end of it, there were not fans of Bo Nix, and I do think there was a it was a combination of both. It was more on the fact that he had three OCs in three years and had head coaches that were just not good. Um, I mean, look, I feel – I say this all the time, on air and off. I feel so bad that Bo Nix was here when he was because he grew up wanting to play at Auburn. It was his dream. I know, man. And he got to do it. And, look, he got to beat Alabama, and that's great. But he deserved a better yeah. chance here. And you can see what he can do in a Pac-12 offense, which is going to be a lot better than any offense he was going to get at Auburn at the time. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he got to go somewhere, and, and now now he can get to go to the NFL because he wasn't going before. You, you better believe I mean? it. Like, that you are a hundred percent right on that. Somebody backup or something. He'll go make yeah. He'll go make a couple million dollars and be fine. 
I mean, now though, they're, I, I was listening to you know some other some big stations, and they're like the third quarterback taken, maybe second. Uh, you know, that's that's awesome. I hope I hope he does awesome. But um, yeah, uh, no, no, uh, Alabama's not coming into a Hornets death. We lost, we we beat Vanderbilt and and who was it, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. We we. I mean, and then if we beat Arkansas and if we beat uh, whatever San Jose State, New Mexico State, New Mexico State, we beat those teams. Yeah, we might have some confidence, awesome, but that's that's not it's not like switch the narrative to like oh now we're 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 going to beat Alabama just because uh, just because we beat Vanderbilt. (laughs) Yeah, we we're, we're we're looking a lot better, but but I don't want. You know, people to, to to get their expectations up when when it's clear that we're not where we need to be. And yeah, maybe Alabama in the beginning of the season they were not clicking. They're clicking right now. So so I hate it. I I, I they're they're nemesis. I, I hate them since I was been born. But but uh, so they're not. We're not. They're not going into any hornet's nest. They're they're gonna. Well, let me push ahead. back on. The, yeah, let me push back on that a little bit because. Uh, let's let's say this, right? Let's say that Auburn is on that four-game winning streak, and you're going into the Iron Bowl, where three weeks ago there was not a prayer that Auburn would have even been a four or five-win team at that point, given on how they were playing, right? But let's say Auburn is a four-win team, and Auburn continues to get better. They look good against Arkansas, or maybe even just get out of there with a win at this point. A win's a win in my book right now, Shane. And then you beat New Mexico State, you stay healthy, You've got a sold-out Iron Bowl Saturday after Thanksgiving. Auburn, the town is buzzing, and you have a chance to be an eight-win team in year one and defeating Alabama, who, if they continue to play like they are, could be on the road to Atlanta, and Auburn could have a say in them not going to Atlanta. Like, I don't see anything wrong with Auburn fans getting excited about that game because that's one of those you're not supposed to win. And it's one of those where if you win, it's awesome, but if not then, oh well, right? It's year one. And Shane, appreciate the call. Always good to hear from you. Um, that that's what, that's what I push back on there. I get what you're saying. I do. And it's not like it's going to be just the, the – just because Auburn were to win four games in a row doesn't mean that, oh, man, Auburn's got to be favored against Alabama, blah, blah, blah. But I don't see anything wrong with Auburn fans getting excited – and, and and having a little confidence and the team having a little confidence. And then when you go on the recruiting side of it, and I think we got you back now, Shane, um, on yeah. the recruiting side of things, how awesome would that be if you do get the win? And even if you don't, the atmosphere like we've seen against Georgia, all of that plays into it. So um, I don't know. But, hey, Auburn's got to get four wins in a row first before we even think about that. Right. Well, everybody's just – Flying past Arkansas. Oh yeah, it, yeah, you're it, right. It's not going to be. It's not, I mean, they just checked that off as a win. It's not going to be. I mean, we beat Vanderbilt. We did a good job, but but we still got to beat these other two teams mm-hmm. to even get to that spot. Yep. And I, hey, I, if we beat Alabama, I mean, that's amazing. I, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say a one. I don't have anything bad to say. I'm just I'm just saying like, it's just, it's just not high on the probability list that that we're going to do that. Even if we have a four-game win streak against these teams, confidence is, is amazing. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, can do amazing things, and I hope we do. I mean, dear God, I hope uh, I hope we do. Five-game win streak going into a ball game, you know, 
even if we don't, though, like you're saying, that's going to do well. We're going, we're going to compete in that game. Right. I mean, we will compete in that game. Right, but, but even I, I then, even then, I think even if Auburn wins four games in a row, I think Alabama will still be a double-digit favorite when they come to Jordan-Hare Stadium on I, that Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I still, I still think that, and it doesn't matter. I, I don't even. It doesn't even matter if we win or lose that game. We'll play hard, and this is going to help us with recruiting. We're going to finish it off on a four. You know, we won four. Maybe lost one. Maybe win a bowl game. So five out of six games. You know, yeah, uh, it's going to help with, with recruiting a lot. So. And, and, and that momentum is going to be carried into the next season. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's what I'm looking forward to is that let's just, let's just enjoy the rest of the year. There you Instead go. Like there you go. Our nails, you know, man? Yeah. Just, just enjoy these games, whether we win or lose. And, and, and then we'll, we'll take it on next year and, 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 you know, start worrying like the rest of the country, uh, you know, starting next September. Right. I'm with you, Worry Shane. Everybody. Yep. Appreciate the call, man. Always, always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the biggest thing. In year one, under a head coach, I don't care what program it is, what conference they're in, whatever, a win is a win. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of Auburn fans have lost in this season is a win is a win right now. And you should enjoy it. You should enjoy the wins when they come because there was over a month where we didn't have one, right? We had over a month of Monday shows right here on this radio station at this time where we had to talk about yet again another loss where Auburn had chances to win or just got blown out by LSU, right? Auburn is winning games. I don't care who the competition is, okay? I don't care who it is. A win is a win. So enjoy it. Have fun. Enjoy the ride a little bit and enjoy the confidence that this team is playing with and hear what the players are saying about you, the Auburn fans, that are traveling to games like this and cheering them on and supporting them when they come home from long plane rides and bus rides and next time they'll be in Jordan-Hare Stadium against New Mexico State in a few weeks. Right? Enjoy those things that come with being an Auburn fan, win or lose, but now you get to enjoy the winning part for a little bit. And here's the thing, before we get to break. It is year one. You are not, I know I do it, and we do it. It's my job, because I talk about it for two hours a day, every day. To a certain extent, you can do this, but not to the level that some people are. Not most, but some. You have to wait until year two, three, and four before you can start nitpicking on how you want to win football games, right? Teams like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson a couple years ago, Michigan, right? If they beat a bad team by 10 or 15 points, then yeah, you can start to nitpick and single out things where they should have done this better and should have done this better and you should have beaten Rutgers by 24 instead of 14, right? You can do those things as a better solidified program. You're allowed to decide how you win games and be upset about how you won a game. Could could you imagine being in that situation? Being upset because you won a game by 20 instead of 30? Or you didn't cover your 28-point spread, Alabama? Like, Auburn fans haven't had that in a long time. But it's year one. 
you're not allowed to complain about a win to the full extent. You can have things that you're concerned about, and sure, there's always going to be things to fix. But at the end of the day, Auburn just won another football game. Auburn has won two football games in a row. And they have a chance to put together a winning streak. But like Shane said, and this is a conversation throughout the week, we can't overlook Arkansas. Are you serious? Even if they had lost to Florida on Saturday, we couldn't overlook Arkansas. But now, now they've got a little life. They just got revived on the beach. They're ready to go. They've got a little energy. And they've got Auburn in their sights. But until Saturday, enjoy the win that Auburn just had. 334-321-1390. I'm going to talk some SEC football when we come back. Some huge results from over the weekend before Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us at 3.30. Stay tuned. The Monday edition of On the Line continues after this. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Got a few more minutes before Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us. We'll recap everything going on in Auburn athletics from over the weekend, including Auburn volleyball, Auburn uh, football. We've got women's basketball starting tonight, men's basketball starting tomorrow. I believe they're on a plane right now heading to South Dakota. Uh, So we have a lot to talk about with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network coming up in just a few minutes. But We'll talk a lot more about this on tomorrow's show as we normally do on Tuesdays, but we got to run through some scores and what happened in college football this weekend um, because it was one of the biggest weekends we've had so far this season, and it played out that way and exactly like we, we thought it would. And a lot of exciting games. Ohio State still disappoints. Yes, they're the number one team. Sure, because of resume, but... I don't think they're all that great. I mean, Rutgers isn't bad. They're not the Rutgers of old. But Ohio State still just can't – they're not beating teams like they should. And I know they have wins over Notre Dame, who lost to Clemson this weekend. So I think that kind of gets watered down a little bit. And you have the win over Penn State. We'll see what that win against Penn State means this weekend when when the Nittany Lions play Michigan, right? We're going to find out exactly what that win meant for Ohio State. How about Georgia-Missouri? All the credit in the world to Missouri. They tried. They were there. They had their chances. You could just see at the end with a Georgia interception, and by the end of the game, you could just see there is a noticeable talent difference between Georgia and Missouri. But you didn't see it until late because Missouri was in this game the whole way. I mean, it was tied at the half. The third quarter, obviously, was the difference where you get outscored 14-3 to if you're Missouri and you just kind of let it slip away. And you could also see a Georgia team and a Georgia coaching staff that has played and won big games before. And maybe that's where Missouri slips up a little bit. Maybe that's where they have to get better with Eli Drinkwitz, who got a contract extension somehow. I didn't know how, but now we're seeing it. Missouri's a good team, man. They're a good team, and they're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl, and they're going to play somebody good and probably represent the SEC really well. They just came up a little short against Georgia. 
I've said this numerous times. I'll continue to say it. Florida State, they're undefeated. Cool. You beat a bad pit team. Awesome. Florida State is not a top four team in college football. I would put them at six right now. I would. I'd put them at six. I don't think they're good. They do have good a good win all the way back in week one against LSU. But what have they done since? What have they done? You beat a Clemson team by a touchdown who just went over 500. You beat Duke. That's good. That's a great win. But you go on the road and you have to pull away late against a Pitt team who has two wins all season long. I'm not impressed. How about that Washington-USC game? Did you stay up for that Saturday night? That was a heck of a game, man. Heck of a game. A shootout like we normally see in big-time Pac-12 games. And there for a minute, there for a minute, I thought Washington may be in trouble. I thought USC was starting to build a little momentum. 28 points in the second quarter by Washington is stupid. And I thought USC, when they tied it up, I thought they were going to make something happen. And then Washington, like high-level championship teams do, outscored them 10-0 in the, in the fourth quarter and went on the road 52-42. Defenses just don't even watch film today. I hope you didn't because they're going to get embarrassed. But Michael Penix, yet again, showing why he is more than likely your front runner for the Heisman. 22 of 30, 256 at two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Caleb Williams played better than he did. 27 to 35, 312 yards and three touchdowns. But a lot like we've seen with Jaden Daniels at LSU, USC couldn't stop a toddler if they ran at him. And that's Caleb Williams' problem. He puts up 42 points and he gets beat by 10. Your defense gave up 52. What are you supposed to do? Then the other game in the SEC. We got a couple more games to talk about. But the other big game that we talked about late last week that had huge implications in the SEC and in the college football playoff race. I know we don't want to give them credit. I know you especially don't want to give them credit. But how about Alabama? How about the Crimson Tide? I know they were at home. It was a night game in Bryant-Denny. I do think that played a factor. And I know Jaden Daniels got hurt. But even with Jaden Daniels, when he got hurt at the time, LSU was not coming back to win that football game. I'm just going to tell you right now. In my opinion, I don't think LSU was coming back to win that game. Alabama got in a borderline shootout with LSU and they won. Something that pretty much everybody said was the only way for LSU to win. And Alabama outdueled them. And Jalen Milrow did what he had to do. He ran all over the place, threw when he needed to, and Alabama gets their best win of the season, I think. I know they've got the win over a couple of others, but I think the I think the LSU win was their best one so far. I really do. And they're playing good, and I said it earlier, Alabama's getting better every game. And they're going to be rolling by the time they come to Jordan-Hare Stadium. So credit to them. The other game, oh God, there's so, I keep forgetting there's so many good games. Ole Miss and Texas A&M, that was a barn burner. Ole Miss wins again. They're 8-1. They go to Athens this weekend. And how about Oklahoma State? Uncle T-Bone called it on Friday. 
In the final game that these two teams are going to play in a long time, they take down Oklahoma 27-24. Sooners, see you later. You're out of the college football playoff. Get to the SEC, said Oklahoma State. We don't want to see you anymore anyway. When we come back, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us recapping a wild weekend in Auburn athletics and a busy, busy week as crossover season is upon us. Don't go anywhere. Jacob Hillman joins us when we come back. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We're having fun on a Monday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. But Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network is on the phone lines as he is every Monday at 3.30. Hillman, great to hear you from you, man. I hope you're doing well. We got a lot to cover in the next 15 or so minutes. Yeah, we do. I hope I can keep up the positive vibes that you just mentioned. And it's easy to do that after uh, a road football victory and with uh, Auburn basketball, women's and men's getting underway tonight and throughout the week. So let's get right into it. Well, you got your Google Doc pulled up, man. You ready to go? You got scores and schedules and notes ready? You know, I, I'm doing my best to do that, but I, I think I'll just try to do it off the top of my head today. Uh oh, uh oh. All right, let's see what we got. <laughs> well, we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the main one, right? The big one with Auburn football on the road uh, gets the win over Vanderbilt, 31 to 15. They get their second win in a row in the SEC. They're above 500 and just one game away from bowl eligibility. What'd you see from the Tigers in Nashville? You were there, right? I was, yes. I was in attendance as a fan, so uh, it was a fun time in the Music City, especially uh, getting that win. But uh, what I saw after I got in the stadium after the first drive and Jarquez Hunter's first uh, explosive touchdown because of the construction around the stadium was an Auburn offense that was comfortable. And the defense was obviously uh, doing its thing that uh, we talked about last week, that it's been consistent, it it has been strong throughout the year, and it kept that up. Uh, On the offensive side, Again, I thought it looked comfortable, and you had the pick six uh, from Peyton Thorne to, to the Vanderbilt defender. He came off the field, and, and Coach Freeze mentioned in his presser today uh, that he simply did not see him, and, and, and that's uh, that 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 is certainly uh, you know it's one of those things where when I saw the play live, I thought to myself, "Come back to the ball, Rivaldo," and and I, I don't think it's unfair to say he could have helped out a little bit, just try to turn into a defensive back for a second. But, yeah, it, it was one of those easy interceptions for him to make, uh, for Vanderbilt to make. And then uh, the only other thing that was obviously stood out were some of the drops. I, I think that this game could have been uh, opened up there in the second quarter if it weren't for some of those drops, especially on the deep passes uh, by Peyton Thorne. Overall, I thought it was one of, best, one of Thorne's best games other than that pick six uh, and, and, and really that – uh, was just kind of a, a mental lapse, and, and and I think that one of those things that when you've been trying to improve each and every week, that those will happen, and and, and 
when it when it happens in a game where you still win by 16 points, you can't really harp on it too much. You just got to move on, correct the mistake, and uh, and get ready for Arkansas. Well, Auburn again gets the win. Uh, their second one in a row. Their second one in the SEC, and starting to uh, build a little momentum. Jacob Hillman, as they are looking ahead to Arkansas, New Mexico State, and then of course the Iron Bowl. And uh, we talked to Hugh Freeze earlier today in his weekly press conference about what bowl eligibility means in year one. And he seemed like he doesn't set goals, is what he said. But if he did, this would probably be one of them. Yeah, for sure. And coming off off of last year where you come out just one win short, uh, it is always a big deal to make that first bowl game in, 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 in a coach's era or, or in his first in his tenure uh, because it, it really sets the standard uh, for a team to always play in the postseason. Uh, and, and obviously, in future years, you'll want to try and build on that. I, I, I think, Auburn, you're, you're looking at a year where you had those four losses and uh, your, your best, I, I think your ceiling at this point is to make a New Year's Day bowl game. That would be winning out and, and winning the Iron Bowl after taking down Arkansas and New Mexico State. I think that would possibly get you in the Gator Bowl. And then after that, I think you want to try to to exceed that and, and build on that. And obviously, like you said, Coach Freeze isn't the one setting goals like that. But as a fan base or, or as uh, really the Auburn family looks at it differently than, than the team does and the staff does, uh, so that, that's that's how I would look at it is the fact that uh, Auburn is winning games uh, that they should and uh, and I, I thought this past weekend was was a really perfect example of the Auburn family showing up and showing out. I mean, you saw the pictures mm-hmm. of that 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 opposing sideline where it was all Auburn, all orange, and even on the home sideline, it, it was it was mostly Auburn. And I, I really think that this fan base is bought in and will continue to do so the rest of the year and, and, and into next season. On the road at Arkansas, home for New Mexico State, and then home for Alabama in the Iron Bowl is what Auburn has left on the football schedule. I know we've got a lot to get to, so let's continue to churn through the sports. How about volleyball this weekend, man? Once again, uh, they go on the road, and they just keep winning matches, man. This is such a fun volleyball team to keep up with for Auburn. They go on the road, take on Texas A&M, and have to come back and win in a nail-biter on the road, and they continue their winning ways for head coach Brent Crouch. Yeah, the jokes are always out there about Auburn athletics and you know consulting your cardiologist, but I think that's especially true for this volleyball team. Absolutely. Go, go, go into five sets, but the thing is, when, when this team goes to a fifth set, they win. They, and that that is a really impressive thing and uh, and, and, and uh, feat to have under your resume, just a, a dominant five-set or, or fifth-set record because when you get into the postseason, those matches are going to be close. And, and you want to make sure that you have uh, every bit of experience you can get in the regular season, whether that's winning a close uh, match on the road in five sets or, 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 or just really uh, going back and forth because – Volleyball is a sport where the momentum shifts just like crazy. You, you never know what's going to happen in a set. You you could lose uh, by ten points, and then you back it up and win the next three sets. So uh, that that's something that I see from this team is that uh, they're really, really even. We talked about the injuries last week, and that's that continues to be uh, be a storyline uh, for this team. Is battling through those injuries, but uh, Madison Shear is just uh, just an unbelievable player, and I think that uh, continuing to work through her and, and continue uh, to get healthy 
this month of November is a big one. Wednesday, uh, you have Kentucky, the t- number one team in the SEC. Coach Crouch, he, he, he went out to midcourt at the exhibition basketball game last Wednesday. He wants to set the highest uh, total attendance for a volleyball match at Neville Arena on Wednesday. So, what uh, What is that number? Do you know that off the top of your head? I, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's close to 3,000. So, okay. Uh, it, 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 it's around there. It's, it's more than 2,000, but I'm not sure it quite hit 3,000. So, point being, Wednesday night, 6.30 Central, Neville Arena, uh, number 24 Auburn Volleyball, and, and, and number one in the SEC, Kentucky. It, it, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's going to be a great match, and uh, I encourage anyone to come on out. The admission is free. Yeah, looking forward to that. We're doing our best to get Brent Crouch on the show this week before uh, that Wednesday Wednesday match there at home. I know he has been him and, and the university and the program have been pushing that so, so hard, as they should. And Auburn fans should get out and support this Auburn volleyball team. I mean, historical-wise, it's the best one they've had, literally. I mean, it's crazy uh, to, to see what they're doing. I know volleyball was in action. Of course, football was in action. Men and women's tennis was in action. And, hey, even baseball was in action over the weekend as well, Jacob Hillman. Yeah, and I didn't get to see much from baseball, but it was uh, nice to see get a couple of wins under your belt. Obviously, I think the trip to Tuscaloosa, you didn't get the results you wanted. It's fall ball, though. It, that, that's really kind of irrelevant. Uh, like like these exhibitions for basketball, uh, you just want to see what you have out of these uh, out of your roster. And Coach Thompson, uh, I know he has the right plan in place, and it's seeing what he wants to out of his players. It's gonna be really interesting when we get to the January and February months. See, we're gonna see guys like Joseph Gonzalez uh, come back this year, and, and I'm excited to see what the lineup looks like. Uh, several transfers uh, that will make an impact uh, on that baseball program. And then starting tonight, as we are talking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who joins us every Monday at 3.30 during On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Tonight, Auburn women's basketball gets their regular season underway for 2023 and 2024. I'll let you talk about that for just a second. And then, of course, we'll talk about the men who are on their way to South Dakota right now. Yeah, the women's team, it's another case of uh, of newcomers. It's, it's like the men's team, and I mentioned in, in the baseball conversation, uh, these newcomers are going to have an impact, but uh, it's really going to be led by uh, a fifth-year or maybe six-year graduate student, regardless, uh, honestly, Scott Grace. She is going to be uh, kind of the forefront of this team, but uh, you have Jemiah Mingo-Young and Taylin Collins. They're, gonna, they're probably going to be in the starting lineup as well as Savannah Scott at the center. Those are the three newcomers, I think, to watch uh, tonight and on Thursday uh, when they're at Neville Arena just to see how uh, this this rotation looks, and Coach Jay will obviously probably adjust that as as the weeks go because the non conference schedule is, is pretty loaded. Uh, after this first week, you go to Rutgers uh, on November twelfth, so this upcoming Sunday, and I think that's going to be your true your first true test where uh, you, you see what this team is made of. And with these newcomers, it, it's good to have a couple of games under your belt plus the exhibition uh, where they can really gel together. Obviously, Sydney Shaw. And honestly, Scott Grayson, they, they played together full, for a full year, so they know what they're going to get out of each other. But it's the rest of the roster that uh, really will come together as, as the weeks go on, as the games pass by. And I, I, I do think that uh, those, those two guards, the leaders, Sidney Shaw, honestly, Scott Grayson, they, they're going to be a scoring threat, and it's going to be tough for teams to defend against them. And I, I think that opens it up for, for those newcomers that, that I mentioned um, but plus the bench, it's probably as deep as it's been under Coach Shea. 
uh, in previous years. So uh, I, I expect to see uh, more rotation than usual uh, this year. Well, we look for that Auburn women's team that we've seen them over the last year or two pick up a big win here and there, uh, but it's it's time for the team to start putting it together and start getting some of those SEC wins consistently, which I really do think uh, that they can do with some of the leadership you were talking about, and then hopefully uh, some of those young faces can kind of uh, ju- burst on the scene as well for Auburn women's basketball. They begin their uh, season tonight. You can catch that over on AU100, which is 100.3 FM here in Auburn, Opelika, as we are now the local affiliates in the flagship stations of the Auburn Sports Network and tomorrow night you can hear Auburn men's basketball over on Wings 94.3 as the Tigers playing in what I think is the best opening game of the entire college basketball season against a top 25 Baylor team in South Dakota of all places. Hillman uh, we talked about this last week I know you and I are both just so excited about basketball season especially for this men's team who they've got some serious serious talent brothers they open up with Baylor tomorrow night. Yeah and, and it's it, it's fun to start seeing uh, college basketball get back underway. It, it's really going to be interesting to see uh, how again like, like I said with the women's how these newcomers fit in and and what I saw in the exhibition was obviously a more free-flowing offense and I, I think a more explosive offense as well uh, for this upcoming season uh, than we have uh, this past year. And, and I don't think that's necessarily a knock on the past team, but I just think that guys like Denver Jones and uh, Janey Johnson as well as Chad Baker Mazzara coming into this program have really, have really elevated them. And, and we didn't get to see Aiden Holloway on Wednesday, so I'm hoping that's another level to, to that offense that uh, can be really special. Uh, Chris Moore, I think, is kind of your X factor. I, he's not going to have to play the four position as much, so I think him at the three is going to change things a little bit uh, as far as his uh, his playing time and his playing ability. I, I, I'm excited to see what this team looks like. We got good news from Coach Pearl today that he expects Aiden Holloway and Jani Broom to play. Uh, obviously, Holloway was dealing with that that ankle that kept him out of the exhibition. Jani Broom went down three minutes into the game uh, with a shoulder injury, but they both seem to be fine, and they need to be for, for this Baylor game against the top 20 team uh, in the preseason poll. Now, like you said, it, it is a on location in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's going to be in front of a small crowd. I think it's like 3,200 seats in, in the venue at the Pentagon, and I, I, I do think that, that's that's going to make things interesting. You're you're not going to play in very many. People talk about Neville Arena being small. This will be a different type of venue than you you will ever play in the rest of the season. So I'm excited to see what they look like. And uh, obviously, we have the home opener coming up on Friday against Southeastern Louisiana. Um, so I'm excited to see them uh, get to play in front of the jungle for the first time. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Bruce Pearl giving us some news today that Aiden Holloway and Janai Broom expected to play. Um, we'll see what uh, what limitations I think that they'll have and see if they can go 100 percent or if they play uh, the most you know the most minutes or near the minute total that I think they'll have this season. But it is yeah. the first game and it is non conference play and you don't want to re aggravate anything that's going on with those guys. And so curious to see, but. You're going to need them if you want to have a chance to beat that Baylor team because they are really, really talented. And yet again, like I mentioned, this is the best game in my opinion. I know there's a bunch of games going on today and some more going on tomorrow, but man, find me a better game to kick off the college basketball season than Auburn-Baylor tomorrow night. No, it it is tough to do, and 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 I'm really excited because Auburn does get that ESPN primetime slot at 8 o'clock Central and 
I'm glad that they're showcased. I mean, and, and another thing that is worth noting, Coach Sproul said it today, and he's in in his in his in his way saying that you know we're going to get exposed. And obviously, there's more context to that quote than just exposed in the way that we think of that. But you know, they're, they're, you got to learn your team, and that's something that happens a lot early season. I don't remember the last time Auburn played uh, this quality of opponent in the season opener, so it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, how things start off uh, for the Tigers, and I'm, I'm excited for it because I do think that this team uh, has a really good chance to start off hot and ha- have a really good winning streak going into the month of December, and you have tough opponents uh, up and down the schedule. So it, it's going to be exciting to watch. There's, there's really no slouches on the schedule. And, uh, it, it, it's it, it's going to be special in Neville Arena, whether, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball, gymnastics in January, volleyball the rest of this month I, I, I'm excited well it's a really really great time uh, for Auburn athletics as teams just continue to win left and right crossover season is in the heart of it with football continuing to go on men and women's tennis uh, you have volleyball with a huge huge match coming up at home on Wednesday against Kentucky and then women's basketball tonight men's basketball tomorrow on the road and then home on Friday Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who runs it all down and gives it to us on a Monday with everything going on in Auburn Athletics. We appreciate him and his time each and every week. Jacob, let everybody know where they can find you, and I know we've talked a lot about it, but everything coming up with you guys at the <laughs> Auburn Sports Network. Yeah, I probably won't give the rundown this week because it's so loaded and we only have a limited amount of time here uh, on, on the line, but follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman, AU, and follow the Auburn Sports Network at AU Sports Network. Broadcast details, Tiger Talk details, and, and everything you need uh, for this crossover season, especially in the month of November where uh, football, basketball, everything, it, it, it's taking place this, this, this month, and uh, we're excited to bring it to you. Well, awesome, man. Hey, I know you guys are busy. Get back to it. We appreciate you, and we'll talk next Monday. And, again, just so many sports to talk about with you, and I look forward to it. Thanks for the time, Jacob. War Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who joins us every Monday at 3.30. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, winding down here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Got a few more minutes before we get out of here. Been a great show today. Uh, Talked a lot, of course, Auburn Vanderbilt over the weekend. Gotten a lot of great reactions from uh, you, the listeners, and lots of great callers. We've had good conversation. We've touched a little bit on some of the biggest games in college football. A lot more time tomorrow uh, to do that. And also, big thank you to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, who we just got off the phone with, recapping everything going on in Auburn Athletics. We had a question come up that I kind of came up with on the fly in the first hour. We've been searching for the answer, and we found it. All right, here was the thing. We were talking Auburn Vanderbilt, and I said that it should be their credit is due for a team like Auburn to go on the road in the SEC as a double-digit favorite and cover. And I asked the question because I genuinely didn't know. I said, when is the last time? in Auburn football history, that the Tigers went on the road in the SEC, were favored by double digits, and covered the spread. We had a couple of answers. Uh, They were incorrect, but our wonderful show producer, Michaela, 
She says she found it, and I think she's right. What do you got? What's the answer? Yeah, I called Jacob out because he never gave me the credit for the research I did. You did. You did hard research. Such a good intern. You are. But the last time Auburn covered when they were favored by double digits was in 2019, Bo Nix freshman year. At Arkansas, they came in as a 19-and-a-half-point favorite and ended up winning 51-10 to 10 on October 9th, 2019. That was such a good game. That was so much fun. Bo Nix and that team just yeah, – that was Great season. That was a beatdown in that. That was one of those games where Auburn just went to Fayetteville and had their way. And is that going to happen this year? No. But – I, I'm I'm it, I'm kind of shocked that it was that soon. I figured it would have been a long time ago compared to that. I just it's crazy to me in the last few years to think that Auburn's been a 19 point favorite in any game that they've ever played in Power Five. So there you go. There's your there's your trivia question of the day. Number. How about that? Back in 2019, unbelievable. That seems like forever ago. Well, that's all we have here on the Monday edition of On the Line tomorrow. Double D, Daryl Daprich will join us on the show. We'll talk more Auburn athletics and preview Auburn basketball as they open up the season against Baylor. Should be a lot of fun. But until then, 2-4 to four right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.